Podcast. Gonna be doing something a little bit different today as I'm gonna be ranking my top 10 biggest surprise athletes of the season so far. Also gonna be looking back at all of the drama that happened in the European Championships over in Switzerland last week. So without further ado, let's dive into it. That's right, there's no World Cup action to look back on, but there's a hell of a lot of biathlon to look back on. I'll be doing that in a second, as well as, as I say, ranking my top 10 biggest surprises of the season so far. As always, if you want to get in touch, there's a number of ways you can. You can get in touch with me on the Facebook page, on the Twitter page, or by email at thebiathlonpodcast at gmail.com. Let me know what my rankings are like, who I've missed, who I should have uh, ranked higher or lower. Let me know what you think there. Before we get onto that, though, IBU Corner, usually at the back end of the episode, but we're going to put that straight to the front because the European Championships were over in Lenzerheide in Switzerland last week. And there were some pretty crazy races going on over there. There was some good action to be had. Uh, well worth having a look at those if you didn't get the chance yet. Started off back on the 25th with the uh, women's 15K individual. This one was pretty wild. Germany taking the win with Lisa Maria Spark, her best result uh, of her sort of young career so far, just beating out the veteran Yulia Zima of Ukraine by 5.5 seconds. Selena Groschen of Germany, uh, the youngster there, taking a bronze medal as well. But the drama wasn't uh, wasn't with any of those because it was with Mich- Michelle Carrara, the Italian who looked like she had been the winner, but due to a crossfire. The score had to be uh, adjusted from one to three misses. All came down to one of the Italian coaches, apparently. I mean, watching it live, looked like Carrara had the win. That was all wrapped up. But when the coaches let the officials know that uh, athlete next to Carrara had actually been cross-firing onto her targets, knocked down a couple of the targets that Carrara had missed. So what looked like an amazing result for the Italian... Unfortunately, wasn't to be. She ended up 11th on the day. Still a decent performance um, from her. But yeah, a bit of a wild situation uh, in the individual there, but a great win for Lisa Maria Spark. Zima, lovely to see her back up on a podium. Uh, but there was an interesting race, this one, because there were some big names. If you listen last week, uh, I sort of went through the start list and, and picked out a couple of names. But there were some rough performances in there. Uh, Stina Nielsen, unfortunately for her, not having a great day. Six misses, put her down in 47th. Uh, and two of the leading lights of the IBU Cup Tour this year, Gilon Gigana, five misses, only 52nd. And Marin Kerkeida, nine misses, down in 82nd on the day. Really tough performance from her. One of the people who I thought was going to be up there with the uh, with the best of them in the European Championships. Didn't quite happen for her, as I thought it might. Um, that was the women's individual. We then went on to the men's race. A little bit more straightforward, this one. Andre Stromsheim, who's been leading the IBU Cup for, uh, for the whole season so far. He took the win here with no misses on the day, dominating the field. Andre Dudchenko getting another silver medal on the day for Ukraine. Two minutes and four seconds behind with one miss. And Slovenia nudging their way onto the podium as well with a really good performance from Lovro Planko, the 21-year-old. One miss for him in the uh, the opening prone shoot. He went clear from then on out and got himself third ahead of Erlen Biontegaard, 
who just missed out in fourth place. That was the opening day. There was then a gap, and we were on to the sprint. And in the women's race, Ukraine, two silvers on the first day. They were up onto the top step. And this one was, again, a pretty wild one. Uh, we had Tilda Johansson, the Swede, who, alongside Kirkida and Gigana, has been sort of up at the top of the IBU Cup ratings. She went out pretty hard. One miss, but looked good. Vanessa Hins looked like she might beat her with a clear shoot, but just missed out by 1.3 seconds. Uh, we then had a big wait until Merkashina, Anastasia Merkashina of Ukraine, came out with the perfect score, went all the way to the line this one. I didn't think she was going to win it. I thought Johansson was just going to hold on. But Merkashina taking the victory by 0.5 seconds over the Swede. Vanessa Hins in third place. Much better race for Stina Nilsson. And she finished fourth with one miss. Selena Groshen in fifth. And Gigana having a better day as well, rounding out the top six. So two pretty wild races from the women. The, uh, the men's race was a decent one there as well. Not quite as front-loaded as uh, as we've had on a lot of the World Cup uh, races this year. It was Rastogoyevs who put out the early running. Uh, one miss from the Latvian. He was uh, in the lead for a while there. That was before Philip Norath of Germany. Again, someone who I thought was going to come away with some golds from these championships. Two misses for Norath, but he was skiing well and beat Rastogoyevs by just one second. Uh, but they were going to be blown out of the water a bit later on because Erlen Biontegaard, remember him? He was back, no misses from the Norwegian uh, to take the lead, but it was pretty close because Vebjorn Surum, the 24-year-old uh, fellow Norwegian, two misses from him in the sand. He was miles ahead going into that shoot, uh, but two misses from Surum, and he couldn't quite get that back on the skis. 11.5 seconds behind Bjontegaard for the 1-2 for the Norwegians. Noraf taking third place uh, for Germany as well. One performance I don't want to call out here for all the American listeners out there. Vincent Bonacci, really good performance from the him. 22-year-old American, one miss, uh, getting 11th, just missing out on the top 10 uh, by six seconds. But a really, really good performance by Bonacci, who's having a good year over there in the IBU Cup. So uh, someone to look out for in the future. It was then on to the Pursuits. And again, had a, the women's races were just, uh, they were all pretty mental. But the Pajut was a great race. Uh, Stina Nielsen and Tildia Hansen, the two Swedes, going out hard early on, trying to break the field. Um, unfortunately for them, it wasn't going to be the, uh, the the best tactic, it turned out. They were looking good at the halfway stage, leading the field by some margin, but then Stina Nielsen missing two on the opening stand shoot taking an age to get those down as well, and her chances of the victory were up in smoke then. Uh, Johansson, though, was on her way. Three shoots, she was 15 for 15, and looking pretty good. Going into the final shoot, she was 40 seconds ahead of Gilles Gigana, and it was going to take something big for her to uh, drop off the top step, which, of course, happened. Two misses for Johansson. Uh, Gigana wasn't the person to... Uh, to push her, though, Gigana missed one on a, one of her own. It was Selena Groshen, yet again, who was 55 seconds behind Johansson going into the final shoot. She emerged 2.8 ahead of the Swede. At that point, the speed that Johansson had been skiing, I thought it was going to be a Swedish win. But Groshen put the hammer down, 
and there was nothing Johansson could do. She ended up 17 seconds behind the German. Uh, Groschen taking the win there. Really, really good championships for the German. Uh, Johansson in second, and Jean Giganat ending up in third uh, for her first medal of the championships. Uh, again, on this one, it was uh, a little bit more straightforward on the men's side. Uh, Erlen Bjorkegaard and Verbjorn Surum were battling it out in the very early stages. But once Verbjorn Surum got into clear air, there was no catching him. He took a comfortable win. A uh, little bit dicey after one miss on the final shoot. But there was nothing Bjorkegaard could do. And he came in 34 seconds down on his teammate. Andre Strontheim... Rounding out a Norwegian podium there, one, two, three for the Norwegian teams. Really good race from him coming from 20th to get onto the podium. Uh, could have been a little bit better, but two misses on the final shoot for Strom time. Uh, maybe could have edged out Bjornsgaard for that second place. Rastogoyevs uh, kept his fourth place going in there. Fourth place for him in the sprint, fourth in the pursuit. Uh, it was Philip Norath who dropped off the podium. He finished fifth after missing three in each of the standing shoots. Uh, six misses for him on the day, ended 130 down. Disappointing for the German because I think he was uh, on the ski speed to uh, to potentially take the win there. That was all the individual races done. We were on to the mixed relay, and this was a bit of a dominant performance from the Norwegian teams. Started off with the mixed relay. Kirkaida, Erdal, Bjontegaard, and Sorum, pretty strong-looking team. And once they got into the front with Erdal, they weren't really looking back. Only two misses from them on the day, um, taking a, a pretty comfortable win over the German team in second, 25 seconds back. Really good performance from them, Spark, Roshan, Schmuck and Fratzer. Sweden coming in with third. I think yeah, there's a chance they'd be a little bit disappointed today. Hansen did a good job on the first uh, on the first leg, handed over to Stina Nilsson in first. Uh, but Malte Stefansson and Iverson on the final leg. Not quite up to uh, up to the standards of the Germans and Norwegians on the skis. A uh, little bit of a disappointment for the Swiss team. I thought they might get onto the podium uh, with Maya, Heike, Gross, Stolder and Weissner. Um, but they ended up in fourth ahead of the Ukrainians in fifth. And then it was on to the final race of the championships, the single mixed relay. And Norway again taking the gold. Pretty dominant performance yet again from them. Arne Ekliev and Stromsheim. Uh, doing the business for the Norwegian team, beating the Swiss team of Berserga and Hartweg, who, before the race, I thought might take this one. Uh, but it was a decent performance from them, just uh, 16 seconds behind uh, at the end of the day. France with Paula Borte and Emilien Cloud coming in third. That was uh, probably where the biggest drama was, because Moldova coming out of nowhere to have an absolutely amazing race in this one. Alina Stramus, who'd had a good championships, um, and Yusuf alongside her really having a fantastic performance going into the final shoot they were in fourth they came out in third Hartweg was in fourth at that point and I was just hoping that Yusuf could hold on to a million cloud and maybe hold off Hartweg but it wasn't to be Hartweg taking Usov and cloud on the last lap uh, and the Moldovans not quite getting onto the podium um, which I gotta say that's what I was rooting for uh, really wanted them to uh, to get the job done there Overall, though, really, really good uh, championships, I thought. Uh, definitely the women's race is a little bit more exciting than the men's, but there was decent racing all around. Uh, in terms of a couple of, I won't go into every race here, but a couple of winners and losers in terms of the, uh, the countries overall. Uh, Norway, of course, 
on top of the the medal table five gold medals for them two silvers and a bronze especially on the men's side just really really dominant and that men's team you can see them all lining up like chomping at the bit to get onto that world cup that world cup stage um but elsewhere though ukraine i thought had a really really good championships uh, obviously tailed off a bit towards the end they couldn't quite get onto the podium in the mixed relay um but a really good performance Murkashina taking the gold obviously zima uh taking the silver as well i think in terms of losers i think france and sweden might be a little bit disappointed uh sweden not getting a gold when especially at the halfway stage of that pursuit it looked like either johansson or nielsen might take it and going into the final shoot, it looked like Hansen was definitely going to take it. Um, so I think they'll be a little bit disappointed to not come away with a gold from one of the women's races. Um, France didn't have the strongest team out there, um, but the likes of Paula Botte maybe could have um, could have been in there with a chance of uh, of doing better than two bronzes uh, of sort of the big nations. Uh, that was definitely the, the the sort of most disappointing performance. I think they're from the French team. Um, but with the amount of young stars they have in the World Cup tour already, um, it's not like they're uh, it's not like they're wanting for talent further up the pipeline. So that was the European Championships. Obviously, we've got the World Championships to come in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, I'll be looking forward to that next week with my preview episode for the Worlds. Um, On to the sort of main event of this podcast, though. That's going to be me ranking my top 10 surprises of the season so far so let's dive right into that now let me know your thoughts of course uh, i'm sure you're not going to agree with exactly what i've said uh, but we'll see what i've got here the top 10 from me coming up so a couple of ground rules here before i get going into my top 10 uh, just to let you know how i sort of ranked these in my head as i was uh, as i was going through the process here I called it the top 10 surprise athletes of the season at first i was looking positive and negative uh, but i already do the biggest disappointments each week when we've got the world cup races going on so i thought i'd be i'd be a bit more positive here so it's the top 10 positive surprise athletes of the year people that have outdone all the expectations that I had for them coming in. That being said, I've tried to steer away from just the, you know, the big names. Did we think Johannes Dingersbow was going to win as much as he had this season? No. So technically he is a big surprise, but he's done it before. We've seen him do it. So people like Bo, even Julia Simon, I backed her to be the overall winner in my preview of the season. So I couldn't really put her on the top 10 surprise athletes of the season. That being said, though, obviously in your head, you may not have thought that at all. So if those athletes would be on your top 10, completely fair enough. A couple of honourable mentions before I get into my top 10 people that just missed out. Um, Samuela Camola of the Italian team, as well as uh, Passler, Rebecca Passler, both of them impressive, just didn't quite enough to get into the uh, into the top 10. Lynn Pearson almost made it. Um, it was just, I think she's, the consistency she's had this season, the ski speed's been, been really, really impressive from Pearson. But she's kind of been there or thereabouts before. So again, just didn't quite make the final list. Um, Kevinger, after her amazing uh, racing over in Antolts, almost got in there, but just those few races wasn't quite enough for me to put her into the list. On the men's side, Jacamel, I almost popped him on, but I have 
I have sort of thought that he was going to come good and been wrong in the past. So again, he didn't quite make it. Sebastian Solder and Roman Reese were the other other names that didn't quite make it on from the men's side. I've ended up with six women and four men in the list. Um, so let's dive into it. Again, all, uh, all sort of personal opinion here, so let me know what you would think. Number 10, though, bit of a veteran, Michael Kruppmeyer, the Czech athlete. Bit of a random one, this. Uh, he's 15th in the world right now. Only had the three top 10s this year, but he's sneaking in at number 10, pretty much just based on how his ski speed's improved um, in his 30s. Uh, he's been around for a long time now, been around for over 10 years in the World Cup Tour. Um but ski speed overall is 21st fastest on average this year. Um, sort of two, where is he? All these uh, stats, by the way, coming from realbiathlon.com. Definitely check that website out if you if you haven't before. You can get lost looking at, looking at all the stats they've got available there, over there. Really, really great stuff from them. Um, but on the median speed, Michael Krippmeyer, 2.17% up on the median speed of the field. Last year, he was 41st. Um, the year before that, he was uh, 36th, sorry, overall. And looking back at his ski speed, basically for the last six years, it's been steady, but it's always been around that sort of 30 to 45 mark. Um, that's gone up to 21st this year. Obviously, we could, you know, there, there are some Russians, Belarusians that maybe might have shifted him down a little bit. But the ski speed's definitely a lot better this year. And he's translated that into some really, really good results. Uh, best ever World Cup standing at the moment. Uh, he's sitting there in 15th, um, which would be his best ever result. As I say, coming into not necessarily the twilight of his career, but not necessarily someone who I was expecting to see much of this year. I thought he was sort of on the downward swing rather than the upward swing. So Krupmeyer sneaking in there in 10th. I think that's a bit of a, maybe a bit of a stretch. I doubt he'd be getting into that many people's lists, but he just snuck into mine there. In ninth, I'm going with Anna Gandler, uh, the Austrian. Best result of 11th this year. Might not, you know, doesn't jump off the page to you as an amazing season. But for someone who's not pulled up any trees really at junior level or IBE cut level, I think this has been a phenomenal debut season from Gandler. 88% shooting, that's 94% on the prone. Um, so nine races this year, only two of those races she hasn't been in the points. For someone in their debut season, as we'll, we'll sort of look, look forward in the list a bit, there are bigger names who've had much worse debut seasons before. So really good stuff from Anna Gandler. Not a name that really gets mentioned much, sort of in certainly on this podcast, even on the on the commentary when you're watching the races there. Um, but sort of an under the radar, really solid season from her. Um, and I'm excited to see what she's going to do for the rest of the year. In eighth, another veteran in here. Like a lot of these names, you know, might be, you could chalk it down to a young athlete who's just sort of taken on that natural progression. But we've got another veteran in here at number eight because it's Sweden's Jesper Nellen, who's often, I think, kind of been not necessarily the forgotten man of the Swedish team, but a bit of a third wheel, potentially. Um, sort of with the, the star power of Samuelsson, obviously winning races, Ponsiloma winning races. Nellen there, he's been a steady presence, but never really hit the, uh, the sort of star power of, of those two guys ahead of him. But this year, really, really improving a lot. Um, and really, when you look at it, that's because somehow over the summer, he learned how to shoot his rifle 
because before now he was averaging around 76% sort of over the last three years. This season that has rocketed up to 87% so far this year. He's never actually averaged over 80% before. So that just gives gives you some idea of the jump that Nellen's taken. And, you know, as I say, not exactly uh, a spring chicken in terms of biathlon. Um, so that's a really impressive jump up from him. And I hope he can maintain that throughout the rest of the season and, and beyond. Um, elsewhere, though, in terms of results, personal best of sixth in Contiolati uh, this year. Obviously, at the start of the year, he got that in the pursuit. Um and after finishing 54th in the overall last year, he's up to 16th at the moment and just 57 points behind Seb Samuelsson. So you can see how that power balance in the Swedish team is uh, kind of shifting. And obviously a part of that is down to Samuelsson having really, I mean, a disappointing season um, by his standards. But Nellin really boosting up his performances and... Uh, we talk about that Swedish relay team always having a bit of a of a weak link potentially. Pep Femling's been that recently, but if Nellen can put in a good performance uh, in the World Championships, that Swedish team could be uh, could be a dark horse to to upset the apple cart a little bit there. So that's Nellen in eighth, in seventh. Someone I think I might have put a little bit too low. Just looking at this list, I'm I'm still a little bit undecided about where everyone should be. But in seventh, I've put Sophie Chavot. Um, who I think has been one of the revelations of the season. It's been a little bit up and down. Obviously, she had the absolute dream three races over on home snow in Annecy. But she's had some sort of streaky shooting since then. Um, but even with that streaky shooting, as I say, seventh might be a little bit low for her. Because as I say, this is how they've done compared to what my expectations were going into the season. And my expectations for Chabot, to be honest, weren't necessarily that she would even make the French team. The strength and depth that they have in that French team, she was seventh overall in the IBU Cup. Uh, she This was last season, sorry. She saw shooting 76%. So definitely wasn't a guarantee that we'd see her at all in the World Cup, let alone getting four top tens, consistently being one of the fastest skiers in the field. She was fast last year in the IBU Cup, but to elevate that to World Cup level, I mean, really, really impressive from Chabot. And compared to, again, sort of talking about the men's Swedish team there, she lost her place in the relay team after having a bit of a shocker, I think. Was that in Rupolding? Um, and then Simone came back into the team. She was the one that made way. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how she reacts to that, how she performs at the Worlds. Um, she'll be a little bit fresher, you know, potentially in some races. Um, and I think she could she could be a, an outside bet, especially in the sprint, I think, for a medal for the French team. Uh, but Chavot, let me know what you think. I think maybe a little bit too low there at seventh place. Sixth place, one of the biggest names of the season in the women's field. I have put Lisa Vitozzi because after all of the issues last year in the prone shooting, I don't think anyone knew what to expect from Vitozzi this year. If you've forgotten, it was 55% she was shooting in the prone. That's in, in individual, so not, not counting the relays last year. That's back up to 83% this year, almost 84%, which is the best it's been since the 2017-18 season. Um, and I think Vitozzi's been an absolute revelation this year. She's third in the overall at the moment, quite a long way back from Elvira Erberg and Julia Simon. But Vitozzi's sort of kind of quietly just been in a bit of, a sort of steady decline, really, 
in recent years. Um, you know, she had that incredible year when she was battling Vera for the uh, for the overall crown, but that was quite a while ago now. Um, you know, that was eighteen nineteen. She was then tenth in the overall the year after. That went down to sixteenth. Then last year that was down to thirty first. So there's been this sort of gradual slide from Vitozzi. And that has just stopped in its tracks this year. Back up to third. She's leading the individual race at the moment in pole position to take one of the Crystal Globes. She has her first win in four years under her belt. And I just think it's been amazing to see her back on form. Amazing to see her winning, especially. And uh, and I think definitely has been one of the biggest surprises of the season because coming into it, it was uh, it was really up in the air how it, how it was going to go. Um, and it's gone better than anyone could have hoped. So Vitozzi, again, maybe a little bit low in this list, only in at number six. Um, but, you know, a little bit, again, someone who's not just taken a step up in terms of being a young athlete. Um, coming into the top five is someone who is definitely not taking a step up because he's a young athlete. And that is Timofey Lapshan, the Korean by way of Russia, who is <laughs> just having the craziest season. A name, if I'm honest, I thought we were going to see less and less. More and more, we were seeing him on the IBU Cup in recent years. He's 34 years old at the moment. And he's having the best season he's had for the last 10 years. And I was trying to look into this to see sort of if there was any particular reason. His shooting speed has always been, uh, you could call it good. He's missed a lot of targets while doing it. But his shooting speed has been pretty crazy in the past. I was looking back. 2017 18 he was shooting pretty well uh in the prone in the prone but shooting so fast pretty unsustainable um and that shooting time has come down it's the lowest it's been in the last six seasons but it's still very very quick um three top tens this year and like i say to be honest i'd be expecting i was expecting it as, as if you'd have asked me before the season that his career might be sort of winding up might be coming to an end um, but he's shown that he's still an absolute force to be reckoned with. Uh, and a few veterans have been been performing well that look like they might be in the uh, in the, the final days of, of their careers. Jakob Fax, another one who's been performing really well recently, um, who perhaps could have been on this list as well, didn't didn't make it. But Lapshan, just uh, out of nowhere, really, having some really, really good performances. So he gets in there into the top five. Um, you know, some people have got their opinions about him. Contro controversy, I guess, uh, in the past. Um, but you know, you've got to assume that they're that they're being tested now, and and he's he's having a good one. Um, so fair play to him, and he gets into my top five of the biggest surprises of the year. Number four, someone who has had far less races than Timothy Lapshan, because it's Anna Maria Lampich, uh, cross country star coming over to biathlon. We've seen it happen a few times in recent years with, you know, varying results. Uh, but she's had two fifth places in her first three individual races. So discounting the relays. That's pretty phenomenal stuff uh, from Lampage. She's skiing faster than anyone else. Uh, and I went back to compare this to a couple of others. Obviously, Stina Nielsen. We know about the ups and downs that she's had in recent years. But the most successful uh, sort of transition from cross-country to biathlon recently has of course been Denise Herman or Denise Herman Vic now um had a look back at her the sort of start of her career it took her till her 11th race 
to get into the top five. That was in her second season as well. So that just gives you some context of how phenomenal Lampage has been uh, in the in the sort of brief time that we've seen her at World Cup level this year. Um, so yeah, it was Herman eleven races before she got into the top ten. To be fair to her though, she did then win back to back races. Um, there's no guarantee that Lampage is ever going to be on that same level as Herman Vick, uh, but she does look to be on that track. Uh, the skiing's there. You might hear, for those of you here, the uh, the British commentary on the biathlon. They've talked about this many times in the past. Would you want a fast skier and teach them how to shoot or a good shooter and teach them how to ski? They always say you want the speed on the skis and you can teach someone how to shoot. She's got a good teacher, uh, Enrico Gross there, coaching the Slovenian team. Um, so Lampich, I, she's the sort of the, the phenomenon of the year. We just haven't seen her in that many races, um, which has been the a little bit disappointing to me. We haven't seen her in the pursuits, the head-to-head races. Um, but, you know, coaches doing that for, for her and getting her in progression. So absolutely fair enough um, from Lampage. She gets into fourth here on my list. In fifth place, sorry, in fifth place, in third place, we've got, again, someone who I was thinking maybe a little bit too high, but then I was looking at what she's done and she's had a fantastic year. In third place is Lou Jean Monneau. The reason, you know, I think, Maybe she's a little bit high. She did win the IBU Cup last year. Um, and after how well Vanessa Voigt did last season, obviously two years ago she won the IBU Cup, then she had a, a great season last year. So you could say that maybe Jean Manot's form is, uh, or could have been more expected, isn't that much of a surprise when you compare it to someone like Sophie Javot or, uh, or Lampich for that matter. But then I didn't really have the same feeling about Jean Manot as I did about Voigt. Voigt, she won four races. She really dominated that season at IBU Cup level. And at a point when the German team was looking around for stars, you could see that, yeah, she's going to fit into that German team pretty easily. Jean Manot, she just won one race last year. Very close finish between her and Femsteinbeck um, in the IBU Cup overall. And just didn't have that same... I just didn't have the same feeling, really, around her chances at World Cup level. The shooting really was her strength, similar to similar to Voigt. But the ski speed, at least last year, just I didn't think it would look like it would be troubling the front runners or even the top 10, really, at World Cup level. I thought it might take her a while to uh, to step that up. Um, but instead of that, we've had four top 10s, a podium. She's become an absolute key player in the relay team as well. That relay team's won two races this year already. Um, and... I've just been so impressed with Jean Monnet. Partly, you know, the, the French team's just been having a great year on the on the women's side. Um, but Chavot, it was that home crowd. It was such an insane atmosphere over there in France. And that's where she got her best results. Whereas Jean Monnet, the consistency has been really, really impressive from her. Um, and you could absolutely see her taking a win before the end of the year. Um, so she goes third on my biggest surprises of the year so far. In second place, it's another another youngster. It's Nicholas Hartleg, who did look like he might be a, a sort of superstar in waiting. He was tearing it up in the juniors uh, a couple of years ago now, maybe three or four years ago. But then it was a pretty steep learning curve for Hartleg when he, 
you could say he was fast-tracked into the, the World Cup team. Went up very quickly from juniors to World Cup. He was still in junior races at that point time in 2020. But 14 races before he scored a point at World Cup level. And, you know, a lot of juniors who are highly decorated in those races really struggle with the uh, the transition up into that World Cup level. And look like Holberg might be another one of those. But then last year, just sort of before the Olympics, that form started to change. Um, but certainly nowhere near enough to predict the absolutely incredible year that he is having so far. Um, obviously started things off with that amazing second place uh, in the individual race, the opening race of the season in Contiolati, uh, just getting beaten there by Ligreed. Um Since then, or including that race, but since then, 12 races that he's competed in, the lowest result he's had is 21st. Every other race has been inside the top 20. Um, the improvement across the board really has just been incredible from him as well. The shooting's gone from 80% to 92.6%. Uh, the actual shooting speed has gone up. He's shooting three seconds quicker on average than he was last year. And he just looks so calm, so collected. The ski speed hasn't always been there, but he hasn't really let that affect his results. The shooting's been able to prop him up when he needed to. The ski speed's been there in other times, and he's, he's used that to help him get the results. But you look at, what? Two years' time, maybe even next season, we could be looking at Hartweg as a as a consistent threat, not just for the podium, but for wins as well. Um, and I think in in a lot of ways, Hartweg maybe deserves to be number one on this list. But number one, I've had to give it to Anna Magnuson because when it comes down to it, you know, obviously there's different targets for different athletes in biathlon. Everyone's going for their own separate thing. But at the end of the day, they all want to win the race. And that's why I've had to put Magnuson first, because that win in Annecy was just so incredible. Um, and really one of the biggest shocks I can remember in not just recent years, but for a long time. I was actually just going back through through the seasons to try and think when, when I was that surprised to see someone win a World Cup race. I ended up on, I think, probably when Nadine Horsher... Uh, one in the mass start, held off Dalmeyer on that last lap. Uh, it was in Antelts. That was all the way back in 2017. So, you know, a good five, six years ago since there's been a race that I thought had a winner that was as shocking as Magnussen taking that win over in Annecy. She's been up and down from IBU Cup to World Cup level, just plugging away at it in a team where, you know, there are definite stars. Hannah Erberg winning in the Olympics, Back in 2018, big star. Then Elvira came into the picture a couple of years ago, had the speed, getting the wins. Even, even the likes of Lynn Person, Mona Brawson, bigger names in that team. Stina Nilsson, all the hype that was surrounding her when she came in. But Magnussen's just been there, fourth, fifth member of that Swedish team, plugging away. And when it's your day, it's your day. And I just thought that win in France was everything I love about biathlon. A shock win, the crowd going crazy, and just a brilliant day for, for biathlon in general, I thought. Absolutely great race. And in terms of surprises, I couldn't think of one that was much bigger in the 20-odd years that I've been watching biathlon. So that's where I've given it to. Anna Magnussen, number one, beating out Hartweg and Lou Jamonot as the top three of my biggest surprise athletes of the season so far. 
I'm sure you've all got your own opinions, so do let me know. As I say, Facebook page, Twitter page, email me at thebiathlonpodcast at gmail.com. I think that'll do it for today's episode. As I say, I'll be back next week with a preview of all the races at the World Championships over in Oberhof. In the meantime, I hope you all have a great week, and I will see you down the road.